Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In the spirit of reconciliation, the entire team at Curious Freedom acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, waters and community. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people listening today. I would like to acknowledge in particular the Darug people who are the original custodians on the land on which I record this podcast. Thank you for showing us what curious freedom can look like. Hello and welcome to Curious Freedom Podcast with me, Kesti Faruja, and friends. And today I have my beautiful, beautiful, long-time friend, Kate Johnson, on with me. So welcome, Kate. Oh, thank you for having me. So, Kate, tell us who you are. Tell us about yourself. Oh, great question. I am a bit crazy, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm a mum of four uh, and a wife and a counsellor and a project manager. And I'm passionate about advocacy. And so for a very long time, I have been in an advocacy space, whether it's been advocating for my own neurodiverse teenager or supporting families to learn how to use their voice effectively. So that's me in a nutshell. And you have a wonderful brand new podcast called Average Advocate. And yeah. I am enjoying listening to that. So I wanted to bring you on today to chat about how we can advocate for ourselves Mm. (laughs) and others if we have other people in our homes and lives that we desire to advocate for. But I also know that one of your other passions is burnout. And (laughs) this year has been big for so many people. So I thought that we could just chat about what burnout can look like and what does that do to our bodies and our brains and our relationships and then how can we advocate for ourselves in the burnout yeah Yeah. let's see where this conversation goes absolutely so 
I work from a very neuro-affirming position. So a lot of the work I've been doing has been with autistic young people and their families, and often their families are full of neurodiversity or neurospicy, whatever you want to call it. And what I see over and over again are people burning out. And it's it's not a weakness. It's just, it's an unfortunate thing that lots of families experience or lots of, especially women experience because they're carrying the mental load and the physical load and often the main care and load. So burnout can look like a lot of things. I think there's a lot of women I'm working with at the moment who just feel like they can't give anything else. And what that looks like is they're not sleeping well. They may not sleep well. They may feel sick a lot of the time. They may not have energy. They may feel like they are so heightened that it doesn't take much to tip them over the edge. So something as simple as running late or um, someone spilling the milk at breakfast can be their tipping point. And in the past, they would have handled that beautifully, but they've reached their tether. Burnout is a strain on relationships. So we don't have as much to give. We may retreat and feel a bit more isolated as well as just doing the basics to get through and not being able to give anything else. And so that's what burnout kind of looks like in a lot of lives. Now, as we approach this time of year, there's so many changes and being able to pivot and advocate and plan in that space is incredibly draining. And so that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about people using their voices, working out what they need and how to ask for it in a really effective way. Yeah. And there's so much coming at us at this time of year. Kids are Mm. finishing school. Kids are feeling uneasy about what's coming next year, whether they're transitioning into high school, like two of our children are, (laughs) (laughs) or whether they're transitioning into HSC or transitioning into school altogether or transitioning out of school altogether Mm -hmm. because they can't do schooling anymore for whatever reason. So, so much transition that happens, particularly in the Southern Hemisphere for us Aussies who are finishing up our school years. Yes. And then you have on top of it all of the challenges that coming together as families (laughs) around Mm -hmm. Christmas time can bring. So it is no wonder that many of us are feeling burnt out. Mm. So what are your tips for recognizing burnout? Mm. Yeah, let's start there. (laughs) So it's a really good one. I had a client this morning. So before I did this podcast, I had a beautiful counseling client and she walked in and she burst into tears and she said, I don't know why I'm crying. Uh, Okay. Like our body will tell us that we're at burnout zone, whether we're teary, we're irritable, (laughs) we eat more, eat less to cope, we self-medicate. But I guess in that space, one of the best things I have found personally and also working with others, I call it the three R's. So reflect, regulate, respond. So normally when we're in a burnout zone or we're advocating, because a lot of the time I know myself and other clients and your listeners and my listeners, we don't get to plan our advocacy. (laughs) Often it's response to what's happening and we have to be super prepared really quickly. And so we're always on the back foot. So one of the things I like to do is flip that and take a minute to reflect what's actually going on here is this me in burnout or is this the actual thing that's happening before me? Is my response more heightened because of what I'm going through or is this an actual thing I need to deal with right now? And so we reflect. So what that looks like is almost becoming a detective in our space. What can I see here? What is it that 
is happening around me. For some of us, it might be difficult conversations. It might be our kids feeling really anxious and they're snapping at things. And we're like, I actually know that's not about Johnny having a bad day at school. It's the changes that's coming. And so we're reflecting. And when we reflect and ask ourselves logically what's happening here, we almost take a step back from the situation and can view it from a higher place. Then we want to regulate ourselves. So when we are near burnout, we are already so heightened. How do we bring ourselves back to more of a happy medium? A lot of that's got to do with what we do with our bodies. Mm. So whether we are doing some heavy work or some deep pressure, so we're pushing something. I love to push my kitchen bench and almost do a stretch and hold it because what that does is it works all the core joints in our body and releases stress that way. I like to go outside if I can, if it's not a real like explosive moment. So say, for example, had a really difficult phone conversation with someone and I've had to advocate. I'm going out the back. Why am I doing that? Because I'm in nature. I've got trees around me. You instantly breathe differently. So I'm regulating my breathing. I'm getting into wide open space. Fun fact, when we spend 20 minutes outside, we get filled with good serotonin, which are all the good things when we're outside breathing. So we want to be doing that. Exercise. Can you excuse yourself to go to the letterbox for a couple of minutes and walk to the letterbox? Move your body. Mm. Get outside breathe differently, push something, use our bodies to release that and regulate ourselves. I've got lots of friends who are OTs, occupational therapists. <laughs> and also with my neurodiverse young person, I've sat in countless hours of OT. And so what we want to be doing is using some of those strategies. Can I have a cold drink that's going to shock my system and regulate my breathing? What is it that I can, can I suck it with a straw? that helps me regulate my breathing? What is it? What are my tools in my toolkit that I'm doing to regulate myself? And the third R is response. So response is different to reaction. Reaction is often a very quick snap, a response. We've taken a, a few minutes to think about what we're going to do and how we want to present in that space. It's difficult. Mm. So I think that's my top strategy when we're thinking about how we're advocating and how we're coping with our reactions is to slow it down if we can to regulate ourselves and to choose. So we've got choice and control, which often we feel like we don't have when we're in burnout or we're advocating because it feels like we're powerless. We're taking our power back and we're going, who do I want to be in this space right now? Yeah, that's so good. I'm just like going, oh, there's so much of, even last night I was driving home with the kids and one of the kids said, why don't we go for a walk tonight? And I've been so sick this week and I'm all like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I just can't. <laughs> I actually just need to go inside and lie down. And I couldn't even do that because I was... On mum duty. Yeah, on mum duty. <laughs> but I love how some of the things that you were talking about comes instinctively to yeah. us anyway yeah. but we sometimes just need to remember that actually yeah. taking five minutes is most of the time nobody's going to die if you take five minutes <laughs> I often will say that to my children when they're in crisis and like, we need to fix this now I'm like is anyone dying and that like, no I said good we've got time yeah let's just take a minute and think about this why don't we have a cold drink I think water fixes a lot of things or helps us give a moment for a lot of things, whether it's drinking water, being in water, 
being around water. There's science behind it. I didn't know. I've just always used water. But I think, Kirst, what I love about the very practical strategies is if you don't have the energy for a walk because you're so burnt out or you're sick, then you're taking five minutes to lie down instead and regulate your breathing. Mm. Often our body will tell us what we need and how to calm down or how to process. And I think that one of the challenges that I have and so let me assume that other people have the same is that we've learnt to tune out to our bodies yeah. and not be attuned to them. So even yeah. yesterday I was sitting doing something and I was like, I'm hungry, but I was like, no, I can't stop yet. I've got to keep going. And I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness, like how often am I turning down the volume of my body? And actually that's the actual opposite of what I need. I actually need to turn up the volume of okay. listening to my body because it does know yeah. what it needs. And especially in an advocacy space, mm. if we're talking advocacy, tuning into our bodies is really good because we've got all of our senses that are in overload a lot of the time, how do we turn those down a little bit so everything can be a bit more regulated so that we have choice and control as to how we present and how we respond and how we communicate? And so I'm using my client from earlier because she was an absolute cracker, (laughs) but she's been skipping meals and she wonders why she doesn't have the energy to advocate. Mm. So we spoke about what does your day look like? And I said, what are you eating? And she told me, and it was like, I'm pretty certain that it would be just one meal across the whole day instead of routinely fueling her body so that she had the energy. Because all she kept saying was, I don't have the energy to do this. Well, okay, do we have the, is it physical or is it emotional? Is it because you're burnt out or because your body is running on empty, which then fuels your burnout feeling? Yeah. Yeah. And so listening to her body and going, because she said, I'm always hungry. I said, well, what are you fueling your body with? And so we can, I think by slowing down ever so slightly, which I know sounds ridiculous in an advocacy space because a lot of it is fast paced, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that that's one of the keys is my family, people close to me are often laughing at me with me I hope it's with me it's actually actually most of the time (laughs) around how I'm like oh that can be done tomorrow but Mm. I do that often and it's not from a place of procrastination or a place of I can't be bothered it's Mm. from a place of like well actually I'm weighing up my needs right now and actually my need for something else comes higher than that right now. I love it. Love it. And I call that the now, next and soon principle. Mm. So looking at what our needs are or the demands are or what we're advocating in. So is this a now thing? Is this a today thing that actually needs to happen so other things can happen? Or can I pop it over into the next category, which means in a couple of days that'll be ready to do. It's not pressing, but it needs to be done. Or is that a soon thing that I can put off, not for laziness, but because I need to focus on my immediate needs. I need to create margin within those so I can do those well. And for some of us, that might be self-care, which is not day spas and movies with girlfriends, but it's that more consistent, slow, finding things you can put in your day to reboot or to top up our emotional well-being or our regulation And so we've got our now list, our next list, and our soon list. Often when you are advocating or you're in burnout, every list merges into now Mm -hmm. because we're so heightened. And so 
I often, I'm, I'm a big one for seeing things visually. I'm a visual learner. And I bet a lot of your clients are too. They love a list. <laughs> you can write down your now things, your next things, and your soon things. And once you see it on paper and you get it out of your head or you see it on your phone in notes or whatever it is, once you see it visually, once it stops spinning around in your head, you can actually give it the power that it needs as opposed to it all being overloaded into the now list and and feeling like you're in reaction, burnout mode all the time. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people that I work with don't quite know how to prioritize. Like, you know, everything does just feel overwhelming and everything it does need to be done now. (laughs) And so what are some tips that you can give people for actually figuring out which category it actually needs to go in? That's a great question. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everyone, right? So let's just press it like that. But if I'm looking at something, I'm going to first ask myself, what are the immediate needs? What do I have to do? that's a non-negotiable. So we're looking at our non-negotiables. So that would be things like taking our children to school, making sure they've got healthy food for the day, getting myself to work, those kind of things. So we're looking at the things that have to be done that are not a demand, they just have to be done. It might be for families who are working through the NDIS. It might be contacting their therapist to book the next term of appointments. That can't be put off for the soon because otherwise they won't get them. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at what is important today that I need to do to set up everything else. So I'd say those kind of pillars, if you like, so we're talking about employment, food, like health kind of things, children, those things all go in that important. What's next? Well, before we got on, we were talking about Christmas presents. (laughs) That's a, that might be a next or that might be a soon because we know we've got time. And so when we're looking at our now thing, these are the time pressure things with their non-negotiables. Our next are things like I need to book A, B and C for the next month. Okay, you know what? I'm going to set aside some time between 9 and 10 tomorrow to do life admin. That can be pushed over to there because I know I've got a margin to do that tomorrow. And then our soon things I'm going to be redoing my study soon. I'm bringing in some furniture and I'm going to be redoing. That's not a today thing. That's a weekend thing with the kids. Even though if you saw my study, because you can't see it here, <laughs> it's an absolute bomb site. But I'm not giving it the power or the priority because I've got things today that have to be done. Does that make sense? So yeah. we're, we're looking at our time. We're looking at what is required to set everything else up and we're looking at our non-negotiables for our now. Our next are things that we can do and allocate time for tomorrow or the next day. And then our sooner those desirable things that we can slot in, that's choice and control. They don't control us. We control that. And we can slot it into our next or soon kind of thing of going on the weekend I would like to. But removing the pressure and the demand. Yeah. So we were chatting before we started recording about demand (laughs) avoidance. So can you chat to me about that? Oh, this is one of my favorite things at the moment, because when I say demand avoidance, I'm not talking about pathological demand avoidance, which kind of comes under neurodiversity. I'm talking about demand avoidance in a burnout perspective. So we are really good at prioritizing the big things. Do you not tip us over the edge? It's the little demands. All the little things. <laughs> it's the little things because we're doing all the big things. So let's look at it like we're building a Lego tower. All the big things are our blocks. So we're already really tall. 
we don't have much room to move. It takes that little thing that's going to knock us over. The big boulders won't knock us over. It's the little things. So I have a client yesterday who said, I actually just can't eat lunch. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I find making myself lunch is actually too much. Why? Because she's advocating for two neurodiverse kids. She's trying to get on the NDIS. She's transitioning from kinder to school, school to high school. She's trying to work. She's navigating family challenge. All of this at once. And what is tipping her over? The ability to make lunch because it's an extra demand that she has no brain power for. So one of my fun side hobbies is making earrings. I love it. It's my creative outlet. But you know, it's tipping me over the edge at the moment, going to Australia Post, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous, right? Because it's part and parcel of doing business. But I know that in my kind of maxed out days at the moment, I've also got to factor in going to the post office in my travels. It's not hard but it's that one more demand I actually have to work myself up for, which sounds ridiculous, but it speaks to being maxed on the edge of burnout, looking at that burnout zone and going, oh, I'm close because it's everyone's needing me right now. Yeah, Everyone is pulling from me right now. And I'm not talking about me as in general, but all of us. I'm not sure about you, but we've got a couple of apps for school things. And they are going off like a frog in a sock because there's that many things at the end of the year that are pressing, that people need to organise. We've got all the sports stuff, interview sport, like wrapping things up. Everyone is at us all the time asking us for things. And often it's the tiny things that feel like they're going to tip us over the edge. So I want to encourage your listeners, if that's you, that's okay. It's not that you're not capable. That is a sign that we're close to burnout and we need to focus on what we need to do and what our needs are. And recenter and go, okay, what do I need to do today? What do I need to regulate my body? What do I need to feel a piece of a sense of peace, calm and control so that I can move forward? Yeah, because I was just thinking about that client of yours who was having demand avoidance over her lunch. And I was just like, oh, I want to give her a hug. <laughs> but also for me, when I'm in that stage, I'm like, oh, okay, what else can give? Because I need lunch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Healthy food is really important because then yeah. I'm going to have the capacity to yeah. deal with a melted down child this afternoon. I'm going to have capacity to order takeout tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're talking about is, I guess, for everyone, it's different. Yes. So I prioritize food because I get migraines if I don't eat properly. Yeah. And so that's a non negotiable for me. But for other people, it's I'm so busy. I feel so overloaded. I can't actually make another decision. And that's what it is. It's that paralysis around demand, feeling overloaded. And especially if you're a, I mean, I work in the carer space. If you're a carer and you're navigating some pretty tricky waters at the moment, we've got changes with all the funding to do with therapy. People are making new appointments for next year, losing their appointments. We're transitioning at school. We might be trying to work out who our teacher is, who our friends are going to be in that class. There's a lot of pressure. And as a parent, you're advocating in that space the best way you can. It's going to be the little things like, do I have to make yet another decision about dinner? Yeah. Like often it's the little things that trip us up and they're the most common things. They're the everyday things, but we just, we're maxed with having so much demand and responsibility that it's the little things we just don't feel like we can do. Yeah.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So how can we advocate more for ourselves? Because as yeah. moms or as dads, we're advocating for our children a lot and we're advocating for people that we care about. Yeah. One of the things that I am becoming more and more and more and more and more and more passionate yeah. about is loving myself first yeah. and learning how to advocate for myself and to not do the whole stereotypical mum thing of sacrificing myself completely and finding myself in burnout and then having that explosion of nobody loves me. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. I want to leave. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. I'm booking a plane ticket. That's it. Yeah. It's so common though, Kirst. It's so common. And to be completely transparent for so many years, I would hit the end of the year in burnout mode, switch off my phone for three weeks and repair. Mm-hmm. So I had the privilege of living in Melbourne during COVID. So <laughs> we were forever at home for two years. And after that, we were thrown back into life and we didn't know how to do it. And it was a perfect opportunity to learn how to rest and learn how to recognize need because I put everyone else before myself over and over and over again. And everything inside of me was screaming, you can't do this anymore. And so... I think the first thing is to work out what are your needs and how are you wired. So what that looks like is often I will say to clients, get an A3 page out. I love an A3 book with some colored pens and write down things that make you feel rested, relaxed, joy, that they're the tank fillers that you need. So I actually need silence some of the time and I live near a busy road. And so I seek out silence elsewhere and just sit because I want to hear the birds. Why? Because my sensory system gets really overloaded and overstimulated by noise. So I know because I've thought about what are my needs and often our needs are not the big things, they're the little things. So I've got a client who she needs nine hours sleep and she jokes with me that um, as soon as the sun goes down, so does she. (laughs) But that's her body's way of repairing. And so working out what our needs are and I think it's 
let's kind of caveat that with there are times when we have to push through. Yeah. There are busy times where our needs go out the window and we just have to do what we have to do. But I think the first thing is to recognize what our needs are. So for that, it might be you were like, I need healthy food. I need this. I need this. I need this. Perfect. We work out what our personal needs are. We work out what it is that's going to help us to regulate and feel alive. They're also our needs. So it's not just food, water, those kind of things. Then what we do is we stop apologizing for it. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. We stop apologizing for it because often we don't treat ourselves as our own best friend. And if your best friend was to come to you and say, Kirsty, I'm overloaded on this and that, first thing you would say was, how are you looking after yourself? And you'd ask them the same question and go, well, you deserve this. They would be the words, you deserve to sit. Why are you doing this? You you deserve to take some time out. So having that framework of going, how would I speak to my best friend? Maybe I can speak to myself like that. And then we challenge our mindsets. So if the first thing is, is we work out our needs. The second thing is we realize we can treat ourselves like our best friend and actually be kind. We don't have to apologize for rest or for filling our tanks. And the third is to, I guess, work out where are these mindsets coming from that I can challenge? What is a connected mother as opposed to a perfect mother? What is a productive person as opposed to a super busy person? And so challenging our mindsets almost gives us permission to walk in that new space of going, you know what, productivity today looks like getting my now list done and also having a bit of a break so that I can reboot for the after school crazy. Mm-hmm. And not apologizing for that. That's just what I need. So those three things, so working out what our needs are, writing them down, and our needs are those tank fillers, the regulation, things that make us feel calm, treating ourselves like we're our best friend, and then also challenging those mindsets so that we don't live in a guilt, shame, and blame space. Yes, and amen. (laughs) (laughs) I was with a client yesterday and she kept using the word should. And I was like, I hate that word. "Mm." Mm-mm. stop <laughs> we don't use the word should yeah stop please please be kind to yourself and exactly that like question why it is that you think you should do something is that somebody else's expectation of you or is that our mindsets our yeah. own warped expectation of ourselves that we should have or do or be or think a certain way which stems from identity doesn't it yes like- Yeah, I love your heart for no shame and no guilt and I love your heart for seeing people free and curiously free and getting curious about themselves and about the world that we live in and about other people, you know. So even in that advocacy for ourselves, like how can we also help other people around us to be advocating Mm. for themselves and to be thinking about what it is that they need. I was asking my kids, what would a good summer look like for you? Like, how would you like me to spend time with you over this summer so that we don't get to the end of it? and feel disappointed and that we've missed expectations of one another and one of them was just like maybe we can go to the movies a couple of times and I'm like okay quits like this is you advocating for yourself around what it is that you need to feel cared for by me and loved by me and to have that connection with me so I'm loving all the tips that you're giving us for how to advocate for ourselves because I think that we can also pass it on to other people around us who we see as not being their own best friends in advocating for themselves as well 
And I think modeling that, mm. it's a beautiful sponges. And sometimes they take in the good stuff from us, which is what we want. <laughs> sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. And changing our language to go, what do you need? And how can I help you with that? Helps them to be self-aware. Yeah. And in their self-awareness helps them to find confidence in their voice. And so that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do for ourselves. Yeah. And that's why I really like the idea of reflecting and sitting with a piece of paper and thinking through what it is that you need. Because I think that we're so, as I said at the start, like we just are so conditioned to not care about our own needs. And particularly when we have high needs in our family and other people that are needing our love, care and attention. And Mm -hmm. it can be really easy to forego our own needs. As I said, I'm really passionate. I think that's what (laughs) 2024 is going to be about for me is helping more and more people to understand that they have needs as well and to advocate for their own needs and have challenging conversations. And they're not necessarily have to happen before Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm... I think, Kirst, in this space, this is where the self-kindness comes in because often we treat ourselves like we wouldn't treat anyone else. And so the encouragement leading up to Christmas when people are overstimulated, there's so many demands, it's so expensive, there's so much pressure. It feels like we're in a pressure hot pot at the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the opposite of that? Well, I can be kind to myself. I can slow things down a bit. And I get if you're in a neurodiverse family, slowing things down doesn't look the same as everyone else because there is more pressure from people who need you to co-regulate and things like that. But in this time of busyness, overstimulation, overspending, over all those over, how do we then refocus and go, I'm actually going to try and slow this down. I'm going to do something that I need for myself every single day. Those micro actions that fill the tank consistently and that be my priority instead of throwing myself into everything and feeling overwhelmed all the time. So slowing it down, recognizing what I need, doing those things and acting from a place of that as opposed from a place of burnout and just having to meet everyone's needs and not running them through a filter of going, is this what we need? Do we have to do it? and responding all the time in a heightened way. Does that make sense? So we're slowing things down. We're looking at our needs as opposed to just saying yes to everything. Yeah. That was my episode a couple of weeks ago was saying Mm. exactly that. Like actually let's learn to say no. And do you need to do that? Like even one of my children's got a Mufti day tomorrow and was saying what they need to bring for school to donate for the privilege of coming out of uniform. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, I've got to look at what that is that they need to bring and then I need to go out to the shops and get that. And I'm like, or I could just send them to school out of uniform and not contribute. Yep. I don't actually have to say yes to any of that. <laughs> yeah. Look, we had a situation just last night where I, if you'd seen me come home, it looked like I'd gone 10 rounds. I was so tired. I had five back-to-back really hard clients. It's a, it's a challenging time at the moment, so I was quite exhausted. And my husband's like, what do you need? Do you want me to do anything? I'm like, I can't cook. I can't cook. You know what? Let's go out because our daughter is traveling for school. But my eldest son is completely burnt out because he's just finished orientation for year 12 on the back of year 11 exams. Now, at other times, we might have gone, no, we're all going out. We're all going to have fun. We're all doing this. And I'm like, dude, 
do you want to stay home? Because he was telling me his needs. He was going, how loud is it going to be? How many people are going to be there? What does this look like? What kind of food? Like it was all very hot. And I'm like, do you have to, do you want to not come? Do you want me to bring you home something? Would that be okay? And instantly his body relaxed Mm -hmm. and we reduced demand. We still went out. We had a great time. We sat around and had dinner and that met my need of not cooking. That met my connection need with my other boys, but it also acknowledged that he was at his burnout level and what he needed was to actually be in pyjamas at home on the couch with a dog. Yeah. And so if you've got situations where everyone has to be everywhere all the time, you can say no. Yeah. You can say no. Yes. Yes, you can. You can say no because if it's going to cause anxiety and pressure and it's not important, you don't have to say yes. And even if it is important. Like you might, for example, you might have 15 family things on. You might have a big family and all the friends and things. You might prioritize two or three of those. Yeah. And that is okay. They're your important ones. They're the non-negotiables. And they might also be in family spaces that are incredibly accepting of your children too. And the rest of them where you have to dress up, bring food, all behave the same way, not have any quiet spaces, not be able to leave quickly, they might be flat out nose and that's okay. Mm. So we're going to wrap up and I am really keen for our listeners to come over and listen to your podcast because you are releasing over the next couple of weeks some podcasts Mm. about how to help and advocate for this Christmas season with quiet spaces and with different family dynamics. So plug again your podcast. It's Average Advocate Podcast on Spotify and I have the most incredible co-host fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bring all different lived experience into the space. Look, we talk a lot about disability, but it's also just about family and women having a voice. And so we share women's stories and we amplify voices. And in that advocacy space, we're going to be talking about how to navigate this Christmas season so that we don't burn out, that our families find it enriching and that we're going to share lots of strategies for supporting difficult conversations with family. Perfect. Was that diplomatic? That was diplomatic, wasn't it? It was, and that's perfect. (laughs) That's what I want more and more of my listeners to feel empowered to have those challenging conversations. Yeah, yeah. So that is what we're releasing in the next couple of weeks over at Average Advocate Podcast. Yay. Well, thank you, Kate, for being my friend for a very, (laughs) very long time. And for all of the beauty and wisdom that you bring to this world, I really appreciate your time today. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love listening to your beautiful voice. Oh, you're the best. Thank you for having me. And thank you to your listeners for listening as well. You're welcome. Okay, beautiful, curious ones. Until next week, I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.